Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Should listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure listen. 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 Ah, very good, Ben. We're back after an unexpected and last-minute hiatus last week brought on by a a very, very sudden dose of the clap. Benjamin. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. But I didn't say whose the clap it was. (coughs) I see you're the clap. Everybody assumes it's you. I see you're the clap is acting up, Benjamin. Benjamin. Look, we don't have time to talk about any of that because we have two weeks of content, Ben. Hot, steaming wads of content. Yes, shooting piles of content. Big old wads of content shooting out of your earphones straight into your ear holes. Benjamin, we're going to be taking a look at Diabolical, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. And you've also seen Vox Machina. I'm going to pronounce that correctly, Ben. I'm going to pronounce this correctly because I'm cool now. Benjamin, while you were were watching that, I was watching Netflix's show Archive 81. Very good, Michael. And... There's been a whole rake of trailers in the last two weeks, Ben. Last but not least, that's completely the wrong phrase, The Boys Season 3 and Ms. Marvel. Yes, those were neither last nor least, Michael, because sure, listen, if that wasn't enough for you, we're going to be taking a look at a topic very close to our hurts, hurts, Michael, um, very close to the the sound level hurts. uh, And Mm. we're probably going to take a little look at Grim and gritty. Why is that still a thing in 2022, why Michael? Why are we still making things so dark? Why is it still about Benjamin? Benjamin! What's going on? Yeah. Speaking of grim and gritty, you have seen yeah, Diabolical, the I Amazon did. Prime animated series. There's no such thing as a grim and gritty animated series. Benjamin, I'm so cool. I've just got a glimpse of myself there in, um, in the little preview window. I'm so cool today. Michael, you're so cool. <laughs> Look at me. It's I'm ridiculous. so cool. Um, in, in kind of camaraderie with the theme ladies and gentlemen Michael is sporting a pair of fetching uh, I don't know what you'd call those style of glasses Michael I'm not cool you see so I don't know what they're sun, called sunglasses sunglasses yes. I see they're, they're sunglasses ladies and gentlemen I'm being told that all the cool kids are wearing them because of a young man called Elvis um, <laughs> and he's apparently all the rage lately he plays if you can believe this listeners an electric guitar very good welcome to the 1950s Ben talk about Diabolical uh, Michael, if you're a fan of Amazon Prime and the content they put out, and we are because we watch it quite often, you'll probably have seen The Boys Season 1 and 2 on the old Amazon Prime, Michael. And we've been waiting a while Go to on. get Season 3. Where is it? Where is it? Why isn't it here yet? We'll get to that a little bit later, ladies and gentlemen. But in the meantime, clearly taking inspiration from the likes of uh, Love, Death and Robots, Michael. And The Animatrix. And the Animatrix. Uh, the, the creators of The Boys, Eric Kripke and the lads, have gotten together and they've put out a bloody little uh, animated anthology, Michael. Oh, it sounds a lot like, Ben, like The Animatrix. It sounds an awful lot like The Animatrix, Michael, or something like Love, Death and Robots. Because each mm. episode, Michael, is set in a different aspect of The Boys' world. Go on. Uh, and uh, in a very different animation style with a whole host of new actors and stuff. So we have some episodes written by Andy Samberg. We've got one episode written by Gina Torres. We've got another one written by Justin Roiland. I've heard bloody. of all of those people then. You have indeed, Michael. And they're all little mini vignettes set in the in the boys' world. And Michael, when I tell you, oh, I'd say they're kicking themselves for not making animated from the start. Oh, this is little chef's kiss. Is Mwah. it delicious and delightful, Ben? What sort of things are going on? 
Oh, there's a whole load of things going on, Michael. So episode one sees us in the universe of uh, the boys, and we take a look at a, a classic. I mean, I think it depends on what way you watch them. I think it's another one of those snaky boys. But the first one is in a Looney Tunes style, Michael. Oh, um, yeah, get out of here. And it's it's a completely silent cartoon, but for grunts and groans, Michael. It's like a classic, I guess, Tasmanian devil kind of romp. Uh, but in this particular one, it's about the famous Laser Eye Baby. Uh, oh, from the I'm comics. familiar with Laser Eye Baby. Yeah. So in this, we're, we're introduced to a Voight lab technician called Simon. And his job is to assess babies for the Voight program, for the adoption program, if, they're, you know, if their powers are going to be any use or not. But he, he gets attached to his little baby, Michael, and she fails because she can't control her powers, even though she has quite a lethal set of powers, Michael, which are uh, liquefying eyeballs. Mm, like your favourite character, Sideclops. Yes, side clops, Michael. But this time, it's actually dangerous. You can cut things in half and whatnot. Ugh. Yeah, it's very dangerous. So it's a kind of a baby days out, uh, baby's day out. Do you remember the, the classic cartoon from the Animaniacs about the German shepherd dog who had to look after the, the little baby? Yes. Yeah, it's that, but with superpowers and super gross, gory stuff because it's set in the boys' oh, world. Good. Yeah, oh, and that good. brings us... Yes, very good, Michael. Very good. That brings us into Justin Roiland's little go-around, Michael. And uh, in that one, we get to see a Rick and Morty-style world of reject superheroes. Um, and when the news breaks that Vought superheroes are chemically made in a lab, Michael, because remember, that's quite the revelation mm. in in the TV series. These reject superheroes, the ones that are kept in kind of a... I guess it's the big farm for reject superheroes. Oh, like the fellow with the penis. That. Yeah, something like that. So there's boob face. Um, there's the ghost who's just completely intangible, uh, but still gets hungry. She doesn't need to eat, but she still gets hungry. Uh, there's Giganto, who's uh, giant in various places and misshapen. There's fireballs, whose testicles can melt anything. <laughs> uh, and you you really get the idea as you go along there, Michael. But in response to finding out that uh, Vought has made them in a lab all of these children have been surrendered back to Vought because the parents aren't happy with what happened basically they were sold you know let your kid take Vought chemicals and they'll mm. be a superhero but they got they got a bunch of duds Michael so it's all about their revenge plot Michael and uh, Christian Slater plays a baby with a perfect narrator's voice who is called the narrator and his ability is to be omnisciently aware <laughs> of all things but not influence them that's so he's the good. narrator that's a very um, good power it's a rubbish power because you can't really do much with it but it's great for the premise of this particular thing so that's number two that's quite a joy as well um, and they've kind of front loaded the good episodes towards the front Michael that's the only mm. criticism I'd have of it the third one is a lovely little homage to the comic itself it features uh, Wee Huey from the actual comic book as a Scottish man as he was intended to be Michael no it's not Jack Quaid anymore it's not Jack Quaid in this particular one because it's a comic book heavy representation and it's about one of their famous setups and you get to watch kind of a, a Garth Ennis classic that was actually written by Garth Ennis himself for this little anthology, Michael. No, oh, he took uh, a break from hanging around out the front of my house. Uh, no, he was still there, Michael. He penned it on your windowsill. Oh, very good. And sent it in via electronic message. Very good. Electronic mail. I'm familiar with it. Benjamin. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, how many of these are there, are there? How many of these are going on? There's eight. Eight in the episode. Uh, eight in the season, eight in this season Michael. And what's, what's the time commitment I've, I've got to do to this? So can I watch this uh, this evening? They are 15 to 20 minutes minis. 15 minutes on a, is, the, is the longer end of the scale. Oh, very good. Yeah, like, so um, you knocked them out in an afternoon. Like the Animatrix. Are you familiar with the Animatrix? 
Yeah, it's a little bit like the Animatrix, Michael, or the Netflix series Love, Death and Robots. Mm, which itself was quite like the Animatrix. Benjamin. Yes. I tell you what, I'm going against our uh, running order because... Yeah, fucking uh, bastard. I've watched the thing as well, Benjamin. What have you watched? With Jack Quaid in it. I've watched Scream 5. And I've just remembered. Get it down. I've just remembered because Scream 5 is out now on video on demand, as we say, Ben, in the young people culture. On VOD in our young people cool guy culture. And it's all right, I tell you what, it's all right. Do you know who's a huge fan of VOD, Michael? Who's a huge fan of VOD? A young man shaking up the music scene called Elvis. <laughs> I have to say, you got me there. I have to say, you did get me there. You did. With your snaky hips. Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah, um, Jack Quaid is in the uh, Screen 5 and Screen 5 is all right. Benjamin. Why is Screen 5 just all right? Hang on, you can't just you can't just introduce no, no. something into the running order and then whisk it away. No, that's all quickly. I have to say about it. That's all I have to say about it. I don't want to go too ah, much into spoilers. Um it's it's. I watched Scream Four and Scream Five on the same day, Ben. Realizing I hadn't seen Four, and I tell you oh. what, all them Scream films, Ben, they're quite similar. Right. Yeah. Who's up? To, who's who's doing stabbings? That's what they should have been called. Oh, is it this guy? Nope. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> who who do you think is doing the stabbing? Basically, it should have been not him. Called. Oh, what's that? A red herring. Mm. <laughs> have you ever tried red herring? Here's some now. No, quite no, smoky. No. Quite smoky. Yeah. Delicious. Benjamin. Quite smoky. Yeah. I have watched something though. I have watched Archive eighty one on um, on Netflix. Have you ever heard of or seen Netflix? Um, yeah, it's quite uh, it's quite hip, Michael. It's shaking up the uh, video scene. Yeah, um, but you have to have one of those internet connections that I've heard so much about. That's it. You're very good. You did a very uh, solid kind of man from the fifties bit today, yeah. Benjamin. Yes. I've watched um, I've watched Archive eighty one, Benjamin. It's based on a podcast. It's a television series on Netflix. Based on a podcast, based on a classic murder mystery, what's horrible and what's going on podcast. Oh, that's cool. And Benjamin, as you well know, I hate anything based on a podcast. You do, Michael. You so much so that you quite often flagellate yourself directly after this one. Yes, I do. I'm sometimes during <laughs> Ben, but I have a special <laughs> sound dampening device. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, though. I thoroughly enjoyed Archive 81, Benjamin. It spoke to all of my very niche interests. Not all of them, Ben, because then it probably would, they wouldn't have been allowed to put it on television. But the, yeah. you know, the, the public ones. Yeah, that wouldn't pass, you know, public decency laws. They, they wouldn't get it through, Ben. Benjamin. Yeah. It's a, there's a man, okay? Imagine there's a man. Right, okay, his, I'm imagining it. And his job is fixing old tapes. Oh, cool, yeah. And I, you know, Ben, I'm into that. That that already got my attention because I love old technology. Uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So he's fixing old tapes, Ben. But what if one of the old tapes, one of the set of old tapes, ends up being a very mysterious set of old tapes about an apartment building where there's weird goings on? Oh, I wouldn't watch that, Michael. I wouldn't touch those tapes. You wouldn't touch them, Ben. But what if you did touch them, and the very act of touching them ended up, Ben? dragging you into the mystery itself oh that's no good Michael that's no good isn't that good Ben isn't that great and what if Benjamin what if there was a weird cult in your apartment building Ben and they were really they really had a great idea of summoning some sort of hellish outer god type monstrosity into our universe oh dear Ben you wouldn't want it I wouldn't. I wouldn't want so, Dan to do it. So, Benjamin, I, I've taken to, in the tradition on the podcast of calling things exactly what they are, um, established by there are too many ghosts in my house 
and yes. there are too many ghosts in this other British house. I have taken to calling Archive 81, oh no, there's a cult in this apartment building. Oh, yeah, that that would be a great name for a podcast, Michael. We should probably Yes, it would. Maybe, maybe a bit oh, long-winded. There's a cult in my apartment building. But I tell you what, Ben, it's great. Go on. There's Lovecrafts, it? It, there's Lovecrafts, there's 80s, there's 90s, there's old technology, there's mystery, there's um, there's possessions, there's gore. It's great. It's brilliant. That sounds like it's right up our street, Michael. Right up my street anyway, Benjamin. It'd probably spook you a bit too much. You'd probably be a bit frightened. I'm a very gentle boy, Michael, because I'm a man from the 50s, you see. <laughs> very good. Have you heard have this very... new rock and roll music, Benjamin? Yeah, on the wireless. I was going to make a joke there, but it would be pushing the bit too far, and it'd be too accurate. Uh, so I was going to, I was going, I'm going to leave that now, Michael, and move on from there. I've also watched something else, Michael. Hold on, Benjamin. Yeah, you know what was weird about it, though. What? Go on, tell me more. Guess, guess what turned out to be a big part of the big bad. Uh, now I Irish know it's racism. No, it wasn't Irish racism, Ben. It was black mold again. Black mold. It's always black mold. That's the fourth thing in two years I've I've enjoyed where the baddie turned out to be black mold. Does Hollywood have a chronic black mold issue? It seems to be that Hollywood has a chronic black mold issue. Because That's in a um, real risk. <laughs> in House on Haunted threat. House on Haunted Hill? No. Hill House. Haunted the haunting of Hill House? There's too many ghosts in this house. There's it too many ghosts m- in this house one. <laughs> yeah, there's too many ghosts in this house one. That was black mold, Ben. Resident Evil seven and eight, that was black mold. And yeah. now, watch out, there's a cult in the apartment building, also black mold. Hollywood is scared shitless <laughs> of black mold. It's a real it's a real threat, Michael. It's a real threat. I'll tell you what, it's ben, a real I, risk to the health. I looked it up and you be you would be very sub- it doesn't. That's the thing. Oh, okay. It doesn't. Like, you don't want to be breathing in a load of mould, but black mould is uh, is in itself no more dangerous than most other moulds. This is not medical advice, Ben, obviously, but... You dirty, you dirty anti-moulder. <laughs> yeah, I'm pro-moulder. <laughs> you know, you're pro-moulder. That's why you yeah, have yeah, that yeah. little fan group. That's my yeah. little, uh, the foxes we call ourselves. Benjamin, it's good, though. I, I'd say, <laughs> give it a little watch. <laughs> The give it a little, I love it. Give it a little watch. Benjamin, have you watched anything else? I have, Michael. I went and took a look at Vox Machina, Michael. Benjamin, I've never heard of it or seen it. What the hell is that? So, Michael, there's a huge wave of popular kind of play-along or watch-us-play content, but not for video games, Michael. Although there not is that too, vi- Ben. There is that too, Michael. That's kind of where the genre spawned, I suppose you might put it. But, Michael, now you can you can tune in to a YouTube channel. If you want to, a long yeah. old video, and you can see, you know, you might you might see a whole game of D and D, Michael, played out a whole campaign. Oh, I could just watch so, a film though instead. Played out in front of you. So two of the very popular ones, Michael. One of them is from College Humor, uh, who you might okay, know. Okay, go on. Yeah, pa- pack of comedians. Um, yeah. They're called, I think it's Dimension Forty. I think is the mm. name of that little channel, and you can watch literally uh, six comedians play through. Uh, a campaign in D&D, homebrew uh, D&D settings. And uh, you can follow along and watch along, and it's a a very enjoyable time. But the more popular one, and the one that kind of really solidified this strange genre of watch-along, is Critical Role. Have you heard of Critical Role, Michael? Benjamin, is that the one where they have nerd celebrities playing Dungeons & Dragons? Correct. They have have voice-acting nerd celebrities playing Dungeons & Dragons. 
Uh, you might get... Uh, oh, I have none of the names in front of me, Michael. You've really stumped me here. Oh, oh this is terrible news. Great A podcasting. Don't look it right. up. I'll look it up while you spin your wheels. Okay, you look it up while you spin your wheels. But in Vox Machina, Michael, um, this is based on one of the original campaigns from Critical Role, and it was very, very popular, Michael. Uh, so much so that it was it's heavily watched. And Amazon Prime, being the giant media conglomerate that it is, got in touch with them. We're like, hey, would you like to make this into a cartoon with us? And Travis Willingham. Said, Travis Willingham, Michael. Yeah, anybody else there? Laura Bailey. Yep. Yeah. World-renowned voice actress Laura Bailey. She is. Yes, I know. That's why I said it. Yes, Sam Rigel. Ah, classic Sam Regal. Yeah, that could be it too. Um, Felicia Day. Oh, I've heard of her. You've heard of Felicia Day. You know Felicia Day. Deborah Ann Wall. Deborah Ann Wall. Classically, famously, Karen from Daredevil. Classic Karen. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. All right. Right, go on. It's got some great people in it, Michael. And uh, it's around their, one of their original parties, Michael, Vox Machina, which is comprised of Gorg, who's their big barbarian type. Uh, it's uh, comprised of Tricks. It's now Pix Trickfoot, uh, who's their healer and little gnomish creature. Uh, Scanlan is their bard. He's a little kind of promiscuous gnome type fella. Oh, yeah. I know one uh, very got, well. You've got Vex and Vax who are a pair of half-elvish twins. It's you, I'm saying it's you. I, I know, I saw what you were saying, Michael. I just decided not to touch it. You know, I was calling you the pr- gonorrhea. Yeah, the health, the clap, the old clap <laughs> yeah. from earlier. Uh, so, come here to me, Michael. Benjamin, <laughs> you, got such, you got such a bad dose of the clap, Ben, it wasn't a clap, it was a round of applause. Oh, this is awful. I had a very heavy <laughs> chest infection and thought I might have COVID again. I thought I had literally oh, finished my three-month COVID period and gone, no. Excellent. Not again. No, it was just a nasty chest infection. Which the listeners, which keen-eared listeners might still hear hanging around my nasal mm. tones. Um, it's great. Anyway, anyway. Michael, you've, you've Vex and Vax, uh, Elvish half-twins. You've got Percival, who's kind of a steampunk character that's been thrown oh, in no, there. Oh, no, get rid of him. Yeah, get rid of them. Boo to the steampunkers. Boo. Uh, and you've got... Oh, wow. Her name is going to escape me. Kiki. Sorry, you've got Kiki, who's an... I, you might know more about this than I would now, Michael. She's a, kind of a, a nature druid. Okay, go on. spellcaster of some kind. Anyway, they're all very good, Michael. It's a very adult-themed thing. It's not for kids. Because uh, there's lots of, of nudity, cartoon nudity. There's lots of... Cartoon? Ben, you had me a cartoon nudity. There's lots of cussing. There's lots of serious violence, Michael. Oh, my God. We're kind of living in a golden age of adult animation, Michael, uh, to be honest. Uh, but anyway, that's happening. Uh, it's a whole campaign. It's based on one of their original campaigns, the Briarwood campaign, where uh, you have to retake Whitehall from the evil Briarwoods. And uh, it's very good, Michael. Very good. I won't go into spoilers. It's very enjoyable. It's clearly a cast of people that have a lot of uh, chemistry with each other. And it just makes for a very enjoyable watch. The animation is very strong. And Benjamin, Um, have they recreated it from scratch? uh, With the same actors and whatnot? I think it's it's majority same actors, yeah. Majority same actors. very good. So it's just done as an animated thing. And Michael, it's very enjoyable. It's two very strong animated entries from Amazon Prime this week. That looks... Uh, Benjamin, is it worth watching? How many episodes are there? How long are they? Uh, again, you're dealing with... Uh, I think it's a tight 10. Oh, a tight 10. Lovely, a delicious and delightful. Well, that's yeah. my evening sorted out, Ben. Yes, you'll be very busy, Michael, I think. 
I'll tell you what I did watch the other day, though, Ben. Go on. Spider-Man Far From Home, which is now on VOD. That's on VOD, Michael. Not Far From Home, No Way Home. Do you know who's a big fan of VOD, Michael? <laughs> Go on. A young man called Elvis. Oh, is it Elvis? Yeah, the same fellow from the 50s from earlier. Very good. Benjamin. Yeah. <clears throat> as well as all the stuff we've seen, there's non-stop new stuff coming out, Ben. Oh, there's so much stuff being thrown so at us much, in the next couple of weeks, so, Michael. Benjamin, the deluge is happening. We're going to be, as we say here on the podcast, absolutely sopping in content. Benjamin. Dripping in content. Knee deep, Ben, in puddles of content. And I tell you what, we won't get into it very in depth, but there's a lot of new Moon Knight stuff. Moon Knight! Yeah, and on, I tell, tell you, more. I tell you what, Ben, he's very much supernatural in this. He's not just a normal man who's a bit mad. No, he's got some powers, Michael. He's got some powers and he's got some magic and he's got some magical costumes and all that sort of stuff, but we're very excited to see that in 10 days' time. He makes stuff appear out of nowhere, Michael. He's got little angst. Oh, he's doing all sorts of things. He's very angsty. Little ranks. Yes. Benjamin, he's very angsty. Yeah. Ben. <laughs> Thanks. 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 <laughs> I tell you what, Ben, also coming out is Michael Morbius, apparently. Yeah, look, I, I reckon, Michael, we are going to pre-book tickets. We're going to go see that. And we're going to sit in the theatre. And as the lights dim, we will see a message that says, How are you, lads? This is Sony. Uh, I gotcha. Uh, won't be out till next year. It is coming out on April Fool's Day, so maybe it's uh, maybe not it is. Real. Maybe they're fucking maybe, with us. It wouldn't that be the greatest know. April? F- that would be incredible. I no, I that, would that will make so- me give up on Sony. <laughs> no, I'd be sure. all for it. I would be all for that, Ben. I would love to be sitting in the cinema and Michael Morbius comes up on screen and says, "Hello, it's me, Jared Leto, the world's most hated actor. I fooled Ooh. you. I fooled you once again. This is one of my classic Jared Leto pranks. There will be no refunds. Ha 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 ha." This whole thing was a prank that I've played on you in preparation for my next role as the prankster. (laughs) And he laughs about in Mark (laughs) Hamill's costume from the 1990s Flash series. (laughs) Yeah, he absolutely got shite. Benjamin. Yeah. But speaking of real trailers. Yeah, go on. um, You were talking there about Diabolique earlier, Ben. Yes. But Diabolique is a little uh, an amuse-bouche before we get season three of The Boys, which apparently is coming. Yeah, the classic Italian comic Diabolique is a huge influence on uh, on <laughs> The Boys Season 3, Michael. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, absolutely. This is kind of your, your aperitif, Michael. Is that before or after? No, I've said that wrong. I've gotten that wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's an amuse-bouche. It's an amuse-bouche. It's, a, it's an amusing booch, um, mm. ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it gives you a little taste and kind of gets you ready to dive back into the world of The Boys. Because some of the actors make an appearance, Michael. We get the deep who's still trying to get back in with Voight, and that's played by the same voice actor as the actual actor. But Ben, uh, we're talking about the trailer now. You've gone back to the cartoon. I know, I know, but it's nice to see those <laughs> characters and it gets you it gets you tastefully put in. Anyway, sorry, to the trailer, Michael. Who, the, the most heavily featured thing in that trailer is bloody uh, Dean from Supernatural. Dean is in it. Jensen Ackles. He's playing uh, Captain America if Captain America was horrible. If Captain America was a real piece of work. Hmm. That seems to yeah. be his main thing, Benjamin. Benjamin. Go on. In the comic book. Yes. I don't think Billy Butcher ever got Homelander's powers, did he? Uh, in in the comics, Michael. Yes, Butcher and the boys take their yeah. own version of Compound V so they can actually go toe-to-toe with superheroes. Yes, but they don't get the super... They just get the kind of Commodore Garden suite of super strength resilience. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, just so they can give them a spanking, as Butcher says. Yes, but in this, it looks like Billy Butcher has got Homelander's powers. Yeah, it looks like he's been taking the V on the side, Michael. Mm. 
and he's going to be mm. coming after Homelander to get him. Yeah, I, I look forward to seeing that, Michael. I'd like to see those two duke it out. Mm. I feel like the the man who plays Homelander, whose name escapes me again. Very good. What's his name? Jace? Um, Jace? Ar- J- Aaron Starr. Yeah, Aaron Starr. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> Anthony it's, Starr. It's, it's Anthony Starr. Yeah, good man. Uh, thanks thanks for that, Jamie. Let's pull that up there. Put it on the pull screen. that up there, Jamie. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he steals the show again. I think he's just going to dominate the show. I just want to watch Homelander. He's very good, isn't he? But he's real horrible. He's, he's, he's far too good, Michael. He's far too good. Hmm. And He's horrible. so bloody good. What else did you see in that trailer there, Michael? Go on, pull it. That's pretty much it, though, wasn't it? That was uh, the rest of it. Is pretty. It looks like it's going to be a pretty exciting season of superheroes and gross stuff. It's very glimpsy, Michael. Very glimpsy. Yeah, it's 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 more of a teaser than a trailer, really, Ben. Yeah, but say. we saw, we sank our teeth into it nonetheless, Michael. Go on. It was just an enjoyable thing. We're going to see more political assassinations, Michael. We're going to see more people blowing up by the looks of things. Evil congresswoman based on what's her name. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez AOC that's her yeah that's her that's as, the one as various libs put it um, <laughs> ben, yes. lib. Uh, Benjamin Lib Benjamin yes go on uh, look we'll give it a watch when it comes out it'll be quite exciting the yeah. bigger the bigger trailer I felt is well it? maybe not Ben I don't know is, is it? it I don't know I don't know how well these um, these Disney plus Marvel shows are really doing Point of diminishing returns as usual, Michael. I don't um, know. Are they doing well? I don't know, Ben. I don't know if they are doing well or not. I had a very interesting point put to me there the other day. Hawkeye wasn't that good. Somebody rewatched it and said to me, we were duped. We got duped by the feel-good tones. If you go back and watch that series, not so good. It, it's good. It's not great. It's not great. No, it's not great. It's not what we've come to expect. Michael, we got a trailer this week for something else that maybe isn't going to be great. I don't know. I tell you what, it didn't give me a lot of hope as a starting off point. Uh, yeah, look, uh, it, it changed my voice, you know. It changed. I'm stuck like this now. <laughs> it, got, it got both of us, Ben. We're talking about Miss Marvel. We're talking about Miss Marvel. And, We're talking uh, about Miss Marvel there. Yeah, look, it's going for a real tone shift. Real, um, real style shift. Yes, Benjamin. There are some commentators on the internet, Ben, who absolutely hated this. <laughs> well, that's not surprising, Michael, is it? <laughs> no, exactly, Benjamin. Now, you might argue that they hated it for good or bad reasons. You, you might throw I'd say out it's the probably word bad ma- reasons, Michael. <laughs> well, the funny thing about it is, I, uh, it's how beloved is Ms. Marvel? Not is her is is her own comic still running? I don't know. I know she has huge representative value to the Muslim community. The teen Muslim girl community? Uh, no, the Muslim community in general, I think, has kind of embraced... Well, that's a sweeping statement. I can't really back that up. But There's I know a statement for you that now, it was then. a huge moment for... Uh, do you say Muslim Americans? Is that how we... I, I think you can just call them American Muslims. Muslim American isn't a race. Muslims. Cool. Uh, cool. Mo- uh, American Muslims uh, really, uh, really embrace these characters in different places. Didn't Lenny Kravitz have a song about that? American about Muslims. <laughs> no, about oh, Jesus Christ. I think it was Lenny Kravitz who had that song then. No, I think it was Elvis. Um, it was Elvis, yeah, from yeah, the 50s. So. Grand lad. Sneaky Elvis. hips. Grand bunch of lads. Uh, but come here to me, Michael. Very interesting tonally. Seems to be going for a 
Booksmart Netflix teen drama vibe. Yeah, I got a very much a Runaways vibe of it. Uh, yeah. I've, I've seen this before. I've already seen The Runaways. I've already seen Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Big time. Um, they've completely rejigged her origin bit. She doesn't have any stretchy powers, Michael. She doesn't have any stretchy powers. Now, we talked about this before, Ben, that yeah. stretchy powers have never been done well on screen in live action. Very hard to do well. And my contention is it can't be done well. Go on, keep going. Because it's body horror. It is, you yeah. Can, it's- you can't do it in real life, photorealistic, and it not be horrible. Because it, it breaks the human perception of things because it's like, that's just a human someone, body. It's not supposed yeah, to do that. Someone growing a big, huge, gross, veiny hand coming at you. That's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, that's no, um, awful. And I mean, you can do it on in a cartoon where people don't have pores and blood vessels and bones and things like that. And you that's can do it on a comic piss. panel. Piece of piss, Ben. But my contention is, Ben, and I'll, this is a hill I'll die on if need be. <laughs> my contention is you cannot do... A visually appealing, stretchy man, big stretchy hand in live action. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I, I, you can die on that hill. I think that's a good hill to die on. In I, I just don't think it can be done. But they've still given her a big hand, Ben. Yeah, but it's a big, it's a big uh, hard light projection hand, Michael. Yeah, she's she's got space magic, Ben. She's basically that's... they've gone rather than going for uh, Mister Fantastic, they've gone for Green Lantern. Yeah, exactly. What I want to know is, Michael, how influential was Brie Larson's Captain Marvel? Yeah, she couldn't have seen her for more than a couple. Yeah, apparently very. Like this, this young lady was definitely born in the 2000s. Yes. The person who's going to play Kamala Khan. We only really saw Brie Larson's Captain Marvel from mid 90s, late 90s. I can't remember. Because she was secret. She was secret. She was secret. She wasn't a big deal. The first the Earth publicly heard of her was when she flew down and blew up Thanos' spaceship and then got a big punch. Yeah, but come here. Was that telebroadcasted to Earth? I think it, I think it was. It okay. must have been. Because in Falcon and Winter Soldier, people knew who Bucky, Bucky was. And they shouldn't. And, because well, he's the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't know he was the Winter Soldier. They just knew him as one of the people who fought that Thanos. Ah, Thanos. Yeah, fuck's sake. Benjamin. Yes. Yeah, it's very strange that of all the heroes. But have there been other famous female heroes publicly in the Marvel Universe? I don't think so. I don't think Black Widow was ever given that status. I think she was always supposed to be an operative. Yeah, an an operative. And and Scarlet Witch obviously um, keeps blowing stuff up and mind controlling people. Yeah, she's more of an infamous role model than a... Yeah. 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 The Wasp isn't very famous. Maybe Nor should she be. Nor should she be, because she's got a very severe haircut. Maybe... Um, <laughs> Can't lead ma- those young women astray. No, you, you don't want haircut. everyone to have severe haircuts. Benjamin, maybe she's the only famous female superhero in that universe. <laughs> That's just one. <laughs> There's just one. That's not shocking, is it? Marvel doesn't have a great track record in that regard. They did, remember? They all teamed up. They all made a big line. Oh, yeah, do you remember that? That was great, wasn't it? <laughs> Benjamin, she's got what looks very much like the cosmic bangles of the original Captain Marvel pre-Brie Larson. Yeah. She's Captain got, she's Marvel. Some, yeah, she's got Marvel's old bangles. She's got the bangles. What are they called, Ben? You're like uh, a dictionary of... I think they're quantum bands, aren't they? That's what they're are called. they? 
Or is that Quasar? Quasar wears a, a couple of quantum bands, Michael, but I think it's roughly the same idea. Mm. Quasar used to have Quasar Force from the quantum bands, which is just... He was it's, great at laser tag bit. It's comic booky stuff. Oh, I used to be up there in Tala all the time after he saved the world. You a bit of Quasar. Benjamin. Yeah. It's the least I've been excited about a Marvel show in quite a long time. But I think that might... I'm not entirely certain that that isn't the point, Michael. I think this is a radical departure in an attempt to get the next wave Go on. on board. The comic book next wave. The comic book next... Not even the comic book next wave, Michael. I think we can now distinguish them as the, the MCU next wave. Um, I think the continuity of Phase 3 is for older people. I think, you know we're kind of emerging out of that and Kevin Feige has realised oh there's a whole new generation uh, we're, we're going to have to really get on board here and, and get yeah, some we, new people in we better pander to them oh did I say pander I didn't mean pander uh, well it's too late uh, it's, <laughs> it's happening Kevin it's, ha- Kevin it's happening Feige yeah take that cap but, off Kevin it's not cool it's anymore what's under the cap hashtag lift mm. the cap uh, but Look, I don't know what way it's going to go. I don't think it's intended for us, Michael. I think it's trying to tap into the the zippy Gen Z teen movie. I think it's trying to tap into the... Seeing red. There's, it, the trailer is almost cut like something from Euphoria. I don't know if you noticed that, Michael. Um, Go on. Euphoria is the hugely popular HBO series with a bunch of very sexy high schoolers uh, arguably unbelievably sexy uh, high schoolers that dress ridiculously for a high school environment Michael and just really have no parental guidance whatsoever but it's obviously you've like never that. seen obviously you've never seen um, Riverdale ah uh, Riverdale uh, that gem that old chestnut so it's cut a little bit like that Michael it's using a lot of neon and purples and reds and uh, Captain Marvel's colour palette is being used as a lighting technique through a lot of the trailer from what I can mm. see um, it's going to be interesting it's going to be kind of exciting it looks like we're going to have a little bit of a reflection on toxic toxic parenting from immigrant communities that kind of thing high expectations mm. a little bit in the style of Encanto Michael because yeah, Disney yeah, have realised oh, all we have to do is expose ethnic trauma and uh, that seems to be pretty well trauma. for us <laughs> so <laughs> we're just going to intergenerational Coming. ethnic trauma that makes a lot of money for us so let's just do that Coming next year from Pixar, it's a Serbian film. <laughs> oh. oh dear. Benjamin. Yeah. At least with Moon Knight coming out, we've got something a bit grim and gritty to counteract all of this light-hearted stuff. We do, thank God for that, Michael. But I tell you what, it doesn't half seem out of place in 2022. Because I tell you what, turn on the news, Michael. There it is. There's grim and gritty. That's reality, There's grim and gritty for you. (laughs) The new reality is very grim and gritty, Ben. (laughs) I don't think I need that in my fantasy or my science fiction anymore, Michael. I think I'm good. I think I'm all topped up, thanks to Sky News, which just does not quit, Michael, apparently. Get off that 24-hour news cycle, Ben. Get off it not good for my mental health come here to me Michael you and I went to see The Batman I remember Ben yeah it was very good Michael I went to see it a second time you went to see it a second time you went to see it a second time I did that's the first movie I've gone to see for a second time in decades how unlike you Ben how unlike me Michael I went to see it with good friend of the podcast Connor Dunn no I know Um, Connor was he late 
He was late. He was. Oh, very uh, good. No, He's I was actually late. late this time. That's very unfair to Connor. I was the late <laughs> one uh, this time. I will not have Connor's good name besmirched on this podcast. Oh, very but good. went to see it a second time, Michael. But I remember sitting there going, gosh, this is grim and gritty. It's so dark. God, it's so dark. Literally, it's very hard mm. to see things, Michael. Yes. It's very hard Benjamin, to see we've, things. We've had some very good memes up on the Discord regarding Lots. how grim and gritty it was. One of my favourites was from Dr. Stephen Cadwell, good friend of the podcast, Ben. Yes, yes. Um, did you see his meme? He put us up a little meme about... Um, about Watchmen and it's Dr. Manhattan Ben and he's saying it's 1989 I'm 8 years old I'm watching a grittier reboot of Batman oh yeah it's 2004 I'm 28 years old I'm watching a grim reboot of Batman (laughs) and then it's 2022 I'm 40 years old I'm watching a grim reboot of Batman but Ben each one is grimmer and grittier can't seem to get away from it, Michael. Can't seem to get away with it uh, or get away from it. Now, one of the things that I think separates the Batman is I don't know what why it gets away with it, but for me, it gets away with it. I, I will not give it to Batman versus Superman. Too grim and gritty. We'll oh. give it to the, the Batman. Absolutely fine. Don't know well, why. Benjamin, maybe it's not the grim and grittiness. Maybe it's just if a good film is grim and gritty, it's good. But if a bad film is grim and gritty, it's still bad. Yeah, maybe someone should teach that to DC in general. Um, I don't know, Ben. Have you ever seen Aquaman? Aquaman is very grim and gritty in its own way, Michael. <laughs> no, it isn't, Ben. It's grim, They're gritty and grand. They're on big sharks. They're on big uh, sharks. They do. They do ride around on big sharks. Come here, and his Michael. mom is grand. Aquaman 2 looks like it's going to be fairly grim and gritty, though. He's getting a black costume, which is the start. It's the start Uh-oh. of grim and gritty syndrome. Unavoidable. But come here to me, Michael. In comic books, it's something that Marvel seems to avoid like the plague now. These um, days. Marvel will not touch it after the dark days of the X-Men franchise and not Fantastic Four. I don't think that could ever be accused of being grim and gritty. But the the Raimi trilogy of Spider-Mans, those were all kind of grim, dark, kind they were, of grotesque takes. I, I always think, I always think, Michael, that the Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man movies is very heavily based on Tim Burton's Batman. I think there's a lot of tonal setting moves there that are kind of borrowed including heavy conversation pieces around Thanksgiving dinners um, you yeah. know that kind of thing I think and Mary Jane being no crack whatsoever no banter whatsoever the most hated thing of any Spider-Man film ever <laughs> nobody's having Kirsten her Kirsten Dunst Mary Jane no one's having her no one wanted her brought back KDMJ there was no petition <laughs> No one's hoping, oh, I hope they open another portal and Kirsten Dunst is there. They didn't even touch it when it came to the thing. It's like, are you still with your Mary Jane? And Tobey Maguire's just like, it's complicated. It's like, oh. Complicated. Yeah, don't talk <laughs> about it. Didn't even work out in the fantasy world. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so that tone initially, I think, I think it was almost a counterbalance, Michael, to the, the bright colours and tone of early comics. Go uh, on. It, it's, it's very hard to imagine a Silver Age comic book hero in real life when you look at the comics when you read the storylines when you look at the villains anything like that they're not necessarily concepts that you could easily transition into real life yes you don't see Batman in a grey leotard with a big blue cape you know swinging batarangs around you just don't see it I've seen it we've seen it in Adam West but it just doesn't translate all that well to a modern sensibility Michael oh very good if you like so I think initially when they were tackling these heroes they obviously just went 
well, it'd be ridiculous to be comic book accurate. It'd be Go awful on. silly to push that. So when we got our first ever Tobin's Maguire costume. Yes. It's a very muted scarlet and a very, very navy blue. Not. Yes, it's very muted. It's, it's not a bright red and a bright blue costume. No, it isn't. And in fact, neither was uh, Andrew Garfield's. Neither was Andrew Garfield's. They're all kept very serious, sleek and slimline, Michael. Mm. Um, when we look at the Green Goblin, he didn't get his classic big purple hat and pointy ears or grotesque face. What he oh, got no. was like a cool suit of armour. I, there was nothing cool about that then it was there was, it was nothing ridiculous. cool about it that's fair that's fair but they obviously looked at it and went oh we just can't get away with this like Doc Ock never wore his orange and green jumpsuit we got Alfred Molina topless in a kind of trench coat a duncher oh very good yeah, yeah. a topless doctor Benjamin I always liked uh, Dr. Dr. Octopus in a lab coat that's always been my favourite Dr. Octopus oh, it's look. a classic it's a classic mm. Michael we didn't even get that though what we got was Dr. Octopus in a duncher a big yeah. old heavy coat it was no good I haven't gotten that right duster I meant to say duster twice there didn't say it so I thought you invented instead. a new type of coat Yeah, that's a type of hat Michael a duncher is a type of hat I don't uh, know anything about hats Ben because I'm cool now because you're cool and you don't wear hats Mm-hmm. I bet you. I bet you you'd know if I said a cool pair of sunglasses. Sorry, I'm still not used to saying sunglasses. I can't. They're can't stuck. take them off, Michael. I they're can't on take now. Them off, Ben. They're this on is now. your life now. Michael's like just struggled to take those sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, it's just it can't come off. You're you're cool <laughs> now, Michael. There's no escape. Benjamin. Uh, but, yeah. So your contention is all films are grim and gritty because of 1989's Batman. No, I think initially when we got that, I think the argument I'm trying to make here, Michael, is why are certain films still grim and gritty uh, within the sphere of superheroics? Or why are some films still grim and gritty in general when the taste for it has kind of gone away? Um, let, let's get into that a little bit more, right? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get into it. You tell me so, what you're talking about. Initially, it was a counterbalance to that big, bright superheroics that just you, you really couldn't stomach on a screen. You were just like, no, it's silly. I can't put that on screen. Um, but then almost automatically from a DC point of view, DC never got the memo on that. So what we got one of the days was Man of Steel. Yes. Oh, very again, grim and gritty. Very grim and gritty, Michael. Doesn't work for the character whatsoever. There is nothing grim and gritty about Superman unless you read The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Mm. In which case he's a weird bootlicker, Clark Kent. Yeah, he's weird. Nobody but what him. we got, what we got in that one, Michael, was Zack Schneider directing a bloody was it Zack Schneider? Am I wrong there? Yes, it was. Yeah, yes, it was. Yeah, I think it was Zack. Yeah, good old Zach Schneiderino. Efron. Yeah, and he stepped in and he was like, "Oh yeah, let's do Superman, but let's make him cool, cool and grim and gritty. Let's make him cool and grim and gritty. So how are we going to do that, sir? Well, we're going to get Kurt Russell to be his dad. Oh, cool, very grim, what? very gritty." We're going to make his home world a weird fantasy scape with dragon-type monsters and big dragonfly steeds and stuff. Oh, what? Sorry? Explain that again to me? Yeah. It's going to have dragonflies in it. Oh, cool. Cool robotic (laughs) dragonflies. No real dragonflies. Benjamin. Yeah. Then then obviously one of the execs came in and said, I'm sorry, sir, uh, Kurt Russell's not available. Will Russell Crowe do? Oh, did I say Kurt Russell? Yes. He said, uh, I suppose that's all you'll have to do, I suppose. Kurt Russell is busy working with James Gunn on a secret Marvel project. Is yeah, it grim yeah. and gritty? Actually, no. No, not it isn't. A, not at all. Not really. 
yeah, but come here to me. Then then they were like, oh, you know, you know what? Superman is is too good. Uh, oh, what should we do? Let's put him in an armed forces ad where he works on an oil rig and in a cafe and you know on the road near Alaska. And yeah, let's do that. That'll be good because people have always wondered what did Superman do when he wasn't being Superman? Oh, he worked in a bar, a truck stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't like the Man of Steel, obviously, is what you're going to get. No, out I there. don't like the tone of it, Michael, because it's not Superman. And then they committed the greatest sin of all, which is introducing the fact that Superman has to make a moral choice at the end, and he chooses to murder General Zod. Yeah, he snapped his neck, Ben. Which it's a big Michael, controversy. Yeah, 10 years big ago. controversy because it's not what Superman does. You don't do that. It's not no, what Superman he does. does. He did it's it in the cool film Man of Steel. Yeah, I forgot about that, Michael. He did it in the film Man of Steel. Um, uh, now, come here to me. Come here to me. On. That's fine, right? And yes. you think that DC did their dalliance and it didn't do very well. And it didn't even get a sequel, Michael. And that's okay. You would think that they'd learn their lesson. But they then pursued that tone in Batman vs. Superman and Justice League and Justice League The Snyder Cut, which actually poured on more grim and gritty uh, on top of everything else. And they just kept going. And, Michael, the question for me is, why did they think that was a good idea? Because, Ben... Whatever happened in pop culture in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, every reboot had to be grim and gritty. It's true. There's no such thing as a, a less mature reboot. Every, every reboot is always grimmer and grittier, Ben. Even the Turtles got grim and gritty reboots. Yeah, do you remember that? But, I mean, obviously the Turtles is a weird one because the Turtles originally were grim and gritty. I think they were grim and gritty by early 80s standards. I don't know if they were grim and gritty by today's no, standards. No, we're talking about the original Turtles. The 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 first comic book Turtles by oh, Eastman yeah, and yeah, Laird. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the mental comic book. Yeah, yeah. And it was a little comic book, Benjamin, a little independently published comic book, which was a kind of a grim and gritty piss take of the, the Daredevil and the X-Men. Yeah, the Frank Millers of the world. Exactly. And then, yeah. Ben, that got kidified. Big time. But then, as every franchise does, then tended towards grim and gritty and serious um, as it went on <laughs> to the point that they became cool, edgy, dangerous killing machines instead of four dweebs. Yeah, they had like white eyes. They did the Batman trope of like the white yeah, eyes they were behind Batman. the masks. <laughs> they, were yeah, they were Batman for a while, Benjamin. Benjamin, one of the all-time greatest grim and gritty reboots. Um, and it And it just goes to... To speak to whatever whatever psychologically we feel as humans that makes us think that if you're redoing something, the only way to do it is to make it more mature and grimmer and grittier is Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, that is the peak grim and gritty, Michael. <laughs> what, are they, what are they thinking, Ben? So dark. So dark and grim and gritty. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Michael, that entire Riverdale saga, that Archie Comics thing somebody just took the piss there and went oh do you know what we should just do a completely opposite direction sexy and grim and gritty just make them all sexy and grim and gritty just do that and they did michael it was really weird (laughs) it's one of your favorites one of your favorites Um, i mean sabrina in the early days michael is uh, a teen drama for lack of anything else it's just just happens to have a magical realism element to it in the early episodes especially and then obviously jump the shark there a bit and Sabrina just goes full on magic for a long time then they kind of hauled it back when Sabrina went off to university they were like oh well maybe we'll just get rid of the magic and turn it into a weird kind of coming of age adult three women living in a house together 
Uh, let's get you, the old ants out of there. Are you talking about the original Sabrina or the new one? The original Sabrina. I'm talking about oh, the original right. Sabrina. Okay, you're talking yeah. about the original one. So okay. that one, that's, that's fine. Um, and it, it wasn't really... Into, magic just happened to be a consequence of the world that Sabrina found herself in. There was a talking cat. It was very humorous. The two uh, ants were very funny, very humorous people. Uh, there was Mr. Craft, classic principal. <laughs> you're just naming characters have you yeah. looked up Sabrina the Teenage Witch Benjamin, no I remember this very well I used to watch Sabrina on the den every day after school what I would love Benjamin go on is is a reboot to ungrim and gritty something oh yeah a soft reboot I would love a re yeah but you'd have to re you'd be retaking the term soft reboot a gentle it reboot be, then yeah it would be a gentle uh, uh, a fluffy an, reboot <laughs> an ungrim and gritty I'm sure it's happened but um, descale reboot <laughs> it even happened to Sonic Ben Sonic Hedgehog Aww. now obviously Sonic 2 is coming out and I, I even though Knuckles is Idris Elba and he certainly sounds gritty and grim yeah I still don't think Sonic 2 is going to be grim and gritty but there's a whole period in the mid 2000s where everything Sonic related was grim and gritty and horrible yeah yeah the the mid 2000s has a lot to answer for Michael we we saw the wave of edgy, futuristic cartoon characters come to light. One of those is exactly what you described there is is Sonic. Um, then we got, I'm trying to think of other ones now off the top of my head. We got a Transformers reboot in there somewhere, mid-2000s. Uh, very dark. There's a, a Transformers reboot every couple of years. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't count then towards my argument at all. Yeah, does it? yeah there's, always, there's always Transformers reboots. Oh, that's really unfortunate. And, and they vary wildly between comical and childish and grim and gritty and horrible all right okay um, we'll have to we'll have to do a deep dive into that someday on the podcast michael that'll make a you a whole happy. thing about transformers i, I, I love transformers ben i love transformers, transformers all day michael. you're Talk you're a big fan of transformers all but day every did, day we did get things like spider-man 2099 uh batman beyond things like that and it became a real thing to create kind of cartoons around a kind of dark future. We got weird dystopian cartoon versions of things that we'd become familiar with. Now, in the case of Batman and Be- Batman Beyond, it wasn't that big a deal. It was just an extension of the Batman universe because Batman the Animated Series had been so bloody successful. But that's that's probably the reason for grim and gritty cartoons. Go on then. Well, they famously painted the whole thing on black paper. Yep, completely against the standards of the time. I don't know if you get any grimmer or grittier than black paper, Ben. Yeah, but there's a lot of heart to it. It's more stylized than actual tonal things. But then in in stuff like Spider-Man 2099 and... I, I, it's not Spider-Man 2099. I can't remember what it was called. Maybe it was. I don't know what, okay. you're, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking You never see the future one where Peter Parker gets thrown into the future. What's he doing in the future? As Spider-Man. He falls into a, a warp hole, Michael, and the whole premise of the series is him trying to get back. Um, oh, no. Back to the past, like Samurai Jack. Oh, very good. Yeah, it's very interesting, Michael. But anyway, uh, we got a lot of that. Um, but again, it's such a 90s thing. And again, this was true in the cinema of the time as well. The 90s was a very dark time when people realised the world really isn't that great. And we got things seven. like... Seven. Yeah, we got things like Seven. And the psychological thriller hit its all-time high. And then we had our post-Fight Club era where everything was cynical. And even cartoons weren't safe. Do you know what I mean? We even had to make them grim and gritty. And I think... 
we had that watershed moment in the 90s where everything had to be serious because the world wasn't a fun place anymore because we discovered all kinds of things about the world and maybe you know the United States wasn't the greatest country in the world which a lot of people knew already but the United States has been slow to catch up on <laughs> you know but in general we've we've had the toppling of kind of a perfect little world you know that that afterglow of post world war 2 calm kind of faded away and we could argue that it's faded away even more these days but the world became a much more cynical place and cinema responded and film responded and media in general kind of responded by just being like Oh yeah, it's not so great, is it? But Benjamin, yeah, your your thesis here, your guiding question on this is why why won't Grim and Gritty go away? Well, that's what I mean. But my po- my kind of feeling is it kind of has a bit to the point okay. where to the point where okay, Marvel the Marvel fucking formula, let's call it, yeah, is is very anti Grim and Gritty, very much so. Now, Ben, as you know, no great fan of anything in Phase 4 have I been. No, you haven't. Um, Spider-Man has been the, the standout one. The that only, was, I yeah. suppose that was a bit grim and gritty, but not really. It's not a grim and gritty film. No. And the the big hit of grim and gritty is the Batman. But the Batman is um, grim and gritty to the point of being notable. Like, it stands out as the grimmest and grittiest yes, thing we've seen in a while. ridiculously gritty. So, I mean, if if the Batman had come out in the era of Seven, Fight Club, um, I don't know, Dark City. Yeah, okay. The Matrix. If Dark it had come City. out then... There's, oh, there's a, there's a little gem from the past. We should do an exhumed episode on it. Yeah, then. we should do an exhumed episode on Dark City. Benjamin, if it had come out then in the era of everything's raining and everything's gross, I think it would have been very notable. Or it wouldn't have been as notable. But the fact that things these days, entertainment these days, isn't as grim and gritty overall is what made it stand out so much. Yeah, I suppose it's in such stark contrast. And like, I mean, Matt Reeves went on a real kind of rant about how he didn't want to be a standard superhero movie. And James Gunn quite often goes on that rant now as well. Go on. Uh, where they don't want to do the standard superhero movie and the standard superhero movie for better or worse is the Marvel formula now it very much is Benjamin would Um, you describe Peacemaker as grim and gritty no I wouldn't it should be it's got all the hallmarks secret government organisations heavy violence you know uh, dark dark themes but James Gunn just loves a twisted little dance Mm, and it's it's fun and bright and frolicky The, the the MCU Netflix cinematic universe, or as it's now known, Ben, on Disney Plus, the Defenders saga. Yes. Um, they were grim and gritty, for sure. They were. Daredevil was one of the grimmest and grittiest things that we've seen. As was uh, Jessica Jones season one. Punisher. Remember that? Punisher, Ben. So grim, so gritty. Everyone's getting so stabbed. So grim, so gritty. Hit with weights. And in fact, looking back on it, the grim and grittiness of that were the highlights of it, probably because it was so different at the time. Yeah, because it was a breath of fresh air, Michael. Perhaps grim and gritty then is necessary for us to appreciate the candy floss that we consume so often. Oh, uh, very clever, Benjamin. I think, like everything, you have to have a you have to have a wide palais. A wide palais, you say? If if you just have grim and gritty all the time, then it's going to be boring. So, ladies and gentlemen, you heard what Mick say: a wide palais. Okay, oh, that's a little what we rhyme need. there, ladies and gentlemen. Rhyme. What do you think? 
of the grim and gritty kind of things that plague our media these days. Do you enjoy a grim and gritty film? Was the Batman too grim and gritty? What do you think the purpose of grim and gritty things are? Do they serve to remind us that the world is not so bright a place? Do they serve to undermine the golden towers we build in our minds? Let us know in a couple of different places. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabyug.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com It means a tiny room kind of in Irish. A little bit, sort of, yeah. You can find us on Instagram at your Luxualism Podcast. Oh, we're always up there. There was a whole thing about the Batman, but then Ben got the clap and had to take a break. I got very sick. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I should point out, Ben, it was the clap of it was the clap of the lungs, not the it clap, was clap of, of uh, the lungs. Yes, not thank the you sexual clap. Yeah, uh, not the sexual very kind clap. Of you. Very kind of you for, at the end of the episode, where most listeners. Of the listeners have definitely tuned out but uh, you can find us there as well Uh, but the best place to get in touch with us ladies and gentlemen is to get up on that discord baby hop up on it Ben hop up on it Uh, you can join us if you haven't had enough of us this week on Wednesday where we'll be taking a look at a bloody brand new superhero little franchise called Radiant Black oh Uh, you were telling me all about this we'll be taking a look at that it's Invincible meets Power Rangers very good very good oh where is it uh, it's going to be dropped off to you as soon as possible. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's it from us. Bye-bye. Oh, Ben, what are we talking about next week? Tell the listeners. Oh, sorry. Next week, we'll be taking a look at bloody urban fantasy, ladies and gentlemen, with special guest oh. and friend of the podcast, Connor. Oh, my God. I hope he's on time. What's urban fantasy? Uh, urban fantasy is magic in the big city. Oh. Yeah. It's like sex Shadow in the Hunters. city, but with wands and stuff. Like Shadow Hunters, Ben. Yeah, a bit like that, yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Like Dark City. Sure, listen. We'll see you then. See you next week. Bye.